you for uh, keeping everybody awake. You know, I think this is the first time I've heard so many people saying that they ate too much and they were sleepy. I know I heard at least five people that came over here and say, I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy. So if y'all can just hang in there for just a few more minutes, <laughs> give me just a few minutes of your time. And, that, you know, my uh, topic here is, are you ready for what's next? And y'all are singing like you're ready for what's next. You sound like you want to hear a little bit of God's word. So I'm hoping and praying that you all hang in there with me for just a few more minutes, if you will. And uh, it's good to be here. And I'm glad that God has blessed us all to be here. Uh, Everyone looks like they're in decent health. You all look good. You're clothed well. So God, I know he's blessing us in mighty ways. So it's good to be here. Uh, The scripture that was read into your hearing this afternoon was from Matthew, a familiar passage. This is when uh, Jesus is calling his first disciples. You know, at this point uh, in in Matthew, you know, uh, John has paved the way and, uh, you know, Jesus uh, was, was baptized and he began preaching. And then here we are in verse uh, chapter four, beginning at verse 18. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into a lake uh, for they were fishermen. Come follow me. You know, this sounds familiar. We mentioned this earlier with the rich man. He said, you know, give away all those riches that you have and follow me. But he couldn't do that. Uh, so I'm sorry for that man, but thankfully, uh, Peter and Andrew decided to follow him. And Jesus said, and I will uh, send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And you say, well, man, they, you know, how, how is it that they just left that they know? Well, yes, if you read prior to that, Jesus was preaching. So they actually heard this gospel that Jesus was preaching. They heard what, Jan, what John was talking about, and they said, well, I, I, I know that, man. I want to follow him. I wouldn't mind being his disciple, his follower. But the thing is, right after that, you know, after they decided to follow him, you know, what came next in chapter five is so critical. You know, we have all been at that point where we said, you know what, I have heard this word of of God that he created heaven and earth. I have heard the message of Jesus Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he came so that we may have right to eternal life. I believe all that and I will be his disciple. That was us. But then came next in chapter five, beginning at verse one. It says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So this is when Jesus looked down and said, there's a crowd out there. And, you know, I need to prepare. I need to prepare these disciples of mine for what's to come. I need to give them some warning about what they're about to face. 
So I need to teach them. And, and, and we as disciples can't miss out on this very important aspect of our walk with Christ is that we must be taught. And beginning at verse three, it says, and this is these beatitudes that we're all familiar with. This is what he began to teach them with. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It says, blessed are those that just, just broken down in their spirit. They're going through some things and, you know, they, they're going to be okay. Let me tell you about what's to come. There's going to be some people out there that their spirit, they just low and they just feel like all hope is gone. But it says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. There's some that are just feeling bad. They're mourning. It says, but they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. There are some out there with just raggedy clothes and just don't have much. They're humble. They're meek. Those are the ones that will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger for that righteousness. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for it is uh, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And he said, you know, you're going to suffer some things that are to come as my disciple, but I need to prepare you for what's to come. So my question for you, are, are you ready for what's next? If you proclaim to be a, a child of God, a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, do you know what's all entailed in being a Christian? Do you know what's all entailed in being a disciple of Christ? Is all, everything, when you go down into that watery grave of baptism, is everything going to be hunkadory? Is everything going to be all right when you get past that point? What, what Jesus is telling them, you know, everything is not going to, even though I have all these powers, you're still going to be faced with some adversity in life. But, but not only that, you know, I ask if, if you know what's next, are you ready for what's next? It, it, it ain't all bad, y'all. <laughs> we got blessings in Christ Jesus. You know, don't, don't, don't go through life as a Christian saying, oh, woe is me. What is next? What's around the corner? Blessings are around the corner. It's going to be all right. But are you ready for what's next? Are you, are you ready? You know, in Christ, as you continue on in these several verses, he began to teach them over and over. In the next five or six chapters, he continued to uh, teach to them about, you know, being the light of the world, the salt of the earth, about divorce, about, all, about loving one another. All these things he continued to teach them, to teach them, and, and, and to teach them some more. 
And then we get over to chapter 10. You know, uh, this is when uh, chapter 10, beginning at verse 16, you know, this is when, you know, he gets uh, Andrew, uh, John, James, and, and, and the other eight. And uh, this is when he gives them uh, the, 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 the power to heal the sick and to drive out uh, evil spirits and all these things. And, and then we find ourselves in, in verse 16 of chapter 10. It says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local council and be flogged in the synagogue. You say, hey, you, you know what? You, you're going to face some things even in public's eye. You know, as being a Christian, as being a disciple of mine, even in the public, they're going to point you out. You know, so even out there in the public, in the synagogues, in all these public places, oh, as a Christian, don't, don't, don't shy away from who we are just because we are going to get persecuted, just because we're going to get talked about, that we don't fit in like everybody else. In verse 18, it says, On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the uh, Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. You know, sometimes, you know, when you're facing difficult issues, you know, that can be even in your own household, you know, Sometimes you want to say, you know, well, let, let, let me give you a, a piece of my mind. But, but as a disciple of Christ, he said, hey, you know what? If, if you study, if you abide in my word, I'm going to give you what to say. Amen. You ain't going to go cursing somebody out Amen. because you have been taught what my word says. You're not going to get mad right off the bat because you have heard my word and you have studied my word. I have given you instructions on every aspect of life. So when you face these adverse situations, when you're faced with things, I give you what to say. I give you uh, how to act. You know, so as you go through these things in life and you say, well, am I ready uh, to take on what I am charged to do as a Christian? In verse 21, it says, brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who uh, stands firm to the end will be saved. It says even in your own household, you're going to face these tough times. You know, it says even on your job, you're going to be faced with tough times. And as a disciple of Christ, it, it, it ain't all smooth sailing. Everybody ain't going to want to hear what you got. Everybody don't want you to tell them that they need to put that alcohol down or they don't need to go to that party or they don't need to smoke the dope and all these things. You know, they don't want to hear that. You know, even in your own household, when you're going through one issue or another with your children, they don't want to hear what you got to say according to what God has to say. They don't want to hear that. They want to do what they want to do. <laughs> That husband or that wife of yours who are acting up, you know, they, 
They don't want to hear what you have to say according to God's word. They, they, they don't want to, uh, you know, they, they want to do what they want to do. It, it's, it, the bottom line of it is they want to do what they want to do. But the thing is, even though he was teaching this to those disciples, we are indeed his disciples as well. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 17, he says, He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For, though, for through him we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. Now, we were those who were far off. Now, he came and preached this gospel not only to the Jews but to the Gentiles. This, this gospel of Jesus Christ is not only for the Jews and the Gentiles. It's not only for us Americans. It's not only for the South Africans. It's not only for the Japanese. This gospel of Jesus Christ is for us all. And as long as we are abiding in his word and uh, he in us, he says, for through him, we both have access to the father by one spirit. Consequently, uh, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but follow fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. We are all family. We are all God's people. Those that have chosen to obey God's gospel, those that abide in his word, those that do his will. He said, by that, you will know that you are his disciples indeed, if we abide in him. So if you are abiding in him and you are indeed his disciple, then we're going to go through some things. But we have, we have to be prepared for what's next. You know, in, in uh, Mark chapter 6, we went over this uh, in, in our Monday night Bible school last Monday. You know, and, and some of you probably missed out on it because some of you have bought into Satan's lie. You know, not only have you bought into the lie that Satan told you, but you're buying into the lie that you keep telling yourself over and over. And you say, well, what is that lie? Well, that lie is that, you know what, me coming on Sunday morning is enough. You know, me coming in at the end of worship service, you know, and getting the communion is, is enough. You say, well, you know, I, I, I did my bare minimum. I, I came and I, I was there for worship service. You think that's enough. But as Jesus taught his disciples, he taught them vigorously. They didn't get it all right then and there, but he had to continue teaching. So as God's disciples, then we must be taught God's word. And you're not going to get it all in one shot. It just doesn't work that way. You're not going to go through this life. You hear it once and you're good to go. You know, I heard this 10 years ago and I'm, I'm good. No, we must continually be fed God's word in order to be strengthened in our faith. We have to. That's the only way that we're going to make it. And, and looking at this passage, and I don't want to, because I'm hoping Brother Gerard will uh, get a, a, a sermon out of this because it is, is good, good, good meat on this. Uh, in chapter 6, beginning at verse 45, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get uh, into the boat and go ahead of him. Uh, to uh, Bethsaida uh, while he uh, dis uh, dismissed the crowd, excuse me, uh, after leaving them, he went up to the mountain to pray. 
Later that night, the boat, and remember this, later that night, <laughs> the boat was in the middle of the lake, uh, and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oar because the wind was against them. Shortly before done, and they had been rowing for, I think when Gerard said, I think he equated it to about nine hours of, of rowing, and they just right there in the middle of the lake. You know, the disciples didn't necessarily realize that they were going to uh, be faced with some storms. And this is just one that they're out in the, in the lake, but they face several storms. And we're going to face these storms a, as a Christian. We're going to face storms, and, you know, they, they may have even uh, known that it was coming. You know, they may have seen the dark clouds ahead. And, you know, there are some storms that are going on in your life. You know that one little thing is going to tilt you over the edge. But some of you may already be in the middle of this storm and you're rowing, you're struggling. But Jesus is looking uh, as, as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ. He's there with us. And he saw the disciples straining uh, at, the, at the oars uh, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them. <laughs> Isn't that something? Out there in the middle of, in, in, in the storm. This ain't no calm. See, this is out there in the middle of a storm. And, and, and Christ is walking by. What what it's like. See, going on down in here in verse 50, he said they were terrified. They were scared of what they saw. And then some of us act like we don't know that that's Jesus right there. When we are going through this storm, we, we, we get God's word and we get the good advice that we need and we get comforted. And then you realize, oh, man, God's got me. <laughs> and then you're like, well, I, but, but I, I'm, I'm scared to, to reach out. I'm scared to, 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 to get out on that, that faith. And, and we're terrified of what, what's going on. But as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, uh, when we go through storms in life, uh, you have to be prepared for what, what's there, what's to come. And he's there with us. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to, e uh, to equip his people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and crafting of people and their deceitful scheming. You know, at some point, as a Christian, our faith can't be what it was as an infant. You know, and how do we become a stronger Christian? How does that happen? It's only by God's word and by God's teaching, by you being here, by you become, you know, being a, a part of our uh, Monday night, Wednesday night. We actually have something every night. And that's the only way. And studying God's word daily, that's the only way we're going to deal with these storms that we're faced with. That's the only way we're going to deal with what's to come. Because if we don't and what's to come, we're not going to be ready. We're going to be tossed to and fro. We're going to lean to our own understanding. We're going to fail. We're going to get stressed out. Our blood pressure is going to be high. We're going to stroke out all these things because we didn't do what we were supposed to do as a Christian. 
And as a disciple of Christ, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't hard. It, you know, if, if you renew your mind. And then let, let me rephrase that because sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is difficult being a Christian. You say, well, yeah, but Christ said, as long as I, I renew my mind and, you know, transform a mind and, and all these things, I, I, I should be okay. I shouldn't be struggling as a Christian. But, but is that really reality? Is that really reality of what those disciples, the apostles had to go through? Is that their reality? Was it hard for them? <laughs> yes, indeed it was. Yes, indeed it was. So sometimes life gets hard. You know, sometimes, you know, we get heartbroken, flat out disappointed. You know, sometimes life is, is difficult when those things that we have to face. And sometimes, you know, you feel like giving up on life altogether. And sometimes you feel like, well, nobody understands what I'm going through. And sometimes you say, well, you know, I, I, I'm doing the best I can as a Christian. I'm doing all that I'm supposed to do. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean that the other side is going to do what they're supposed to do. Sometimes it could be that husband or that wife. It could be that child or whatever it may be. It may be making it difficult. It may not even be your fault. So as a Christian, we have to understand that we have to be ready for what's to come. You know, so many, so many people have put their hope in the lottery. They say, well, if I win all these millions of dollars, then that'll resolve all my issues. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not. <laughs> That's not the solution to the things that you're going to have to go through. That's not the thing that's going to make everything right, is that you have a bank account that you don't even have to check daily. That, 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 that's not the solution. <laughs> that's not the solution to get your man or your woman to work, act right. It ain't the solution that you can get your child anything that they can imagine. That's not the solution. That is not the solution. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, whatever you're going through, and this, I read this in this passage, it, 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 sometimes it, it may not even be what you have brought about yourself. Now, sometimes, like I said, you can go through life and you're, you're, you're strong in your faith. That you think you are, you think you're strong, you think you're doing everything you're supposed to do. And then this thing comes along because Jesus said, I, you know, I'm not going to put more on you than you can bear, but you're going to have to go through something. So as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, don't believe that everything is going to be smooth selling. It just doesn't work that way. In verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly realm. And sometimes you think you, you, this old knucklehead of mine, it just, I, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. I, I'm, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do, but it just won't act right. Oh, I, I, I'm going above and beyond on my job. I'm doing all these things, but these folks just keep knocking me down. And I just, uh, Lord, what, what is it? Well, this is telling you what it is. It ain't flesh and blood that we're up against. You know, Satan, get in people. 
Satan get in there. He probably could have rolled here with you this morning. You know, so don't get bent out of shape when somebody else ain't doing right. Somebody else is causing distress in your life. Don't get bent out of shape as a Christian when something else out of your control ain't ain't doing right. Because this storm that those apostles, those disciples had to go through, you know, that, that, that wasn't something that they conjured up. But they had to go through it. Uh, but then it says, well, we have to have that full armor of God on. That's the only way we're going to be able to deal with it. This in verse 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. You, you ain't going to be all bent over, bent down, stressed out. If you put on this full armor of God, he said, you know what, I, I'm going to give you the comfort that you need. But you're going to have to have the faith. That it requires. But if you don't have that faith, if the faith is wavering, if your obedience in my word is wavering, oh, you ain't going to be able to stand for long. Oh, this world is going to beat you down. It says, after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist uh, with the breastplate of righteousness. And verse 15, it says, and with your feet fitted uh, with the readiness uh, that comes from the gospel of peace. You know, so you can find some inspiring words in this gospel of, of peace. God's word is so peaceful because it tells you how to deal with these stresses of life. You know, the, these decisions that we have to make. He says, I, I'll put it out there for you. As long as you abide in my word, I give you the peace that you look at. You ain't got to be up tossing and turning all night trying to Figure it out for yourself. And that's the thing. We, we go through life and, and, and we have these issues. We try to figure them out. We toss and turn. We lose sleep. We try to we conjure all this stuff up in our mind. And then the next day, it goes no way like what we thought in our own mind. He says, I'll give you this peace. It says in verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flames Uh, flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for for all the Lord's people. You know, are you praying are you praying like you ought to? Uh, or do you pray only, you know, when, when, when the food is in front of you, you bow, Jesus, well, and that's it. And, and, and do you pray when you lay down at night, you know, when you don't got under the covers, your head on the pillow after a long day, knowing good and well that it's only going to take you about 30 seconds to go to sleep. And you start praying and you're praying and the next thing you know, you sleep. You know, so are you praying at all times? Are you praying when, 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 the, when Satan is throwing these fiery darts at you? Or are you praying when you're going through these situations in your life? Are you praying for an answer for whatever you're struggling with? Or are you praying for an answer for the solution? Or are you, are you praying and then, you know what, Lord, let me uh, get it started on my own. Let me figure this thing out on my own. Or are you praying with faith? Are you praying for one another? 
Are you praying for your brothers and sisters? You know, just like uh, Jesus told Peter, you know, when, when like I said, when, when you're going through these things in, in life, it's, it's not all bad. I guarantee you, you have gone through something in the past and now you're at this juncture in your life. And I hope the question is, are you ready for what's next? Hopefully what's next for you is something great. Hopefully what's next for you is not trouble on every hand. But the thing is, and I was speaking with someone earlier, don't matter, you know, if you're married, you're going to have troubles. If you have children, there's troubles. If you're a child, there's troubles. But trouble doesn't last always, I can tell you that. Everybody in here has gone through one struggle in life or another. That's a guarantee. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 13, 31, 81. You have gone through some struggles in life. But the thing is, we don't go through it alone. I I thank God so much for for this congregation. I thank him so much for the church, but I thank him even more for this congregation because I truly believe that we love one another. I truly believe that, you know, we we care for one another. You know, if you're in this congregation and you say, well, I I just don't feel comfortable talking to someone. I I don't think someone else will understand my issue. And I think on Monday night we mentioned, you know, going through storms. Yeah, there's different storms. You know, there's firestorms, there's rain, thunderstorms, there's snowstorms, there's all kind of storms. And if you look at, you know, a snowstorm, ain't two snowflakes alike, but it's still a snowstorm, right? There ain't two marriages exactly alike, ain't two problems in a marriage exactly alike, but it's still a marriage of problem. <laughs> it ain't two kids exactly the same, but there's still going to be some issues raising your children. But as he told Peter, you know, he, he said, you know, when, when, when Satan finishes sifting you, once you go through this trial that you're about to go through, when you go through these tribulations, when you're strengthened, strengthen your brother. You know, so whatever is next for you, are you ready? Are you ready for what's next in your life? Now, if you're going through something, you've been through it and everything is you're about to get onto that smooth uh, water flow if you're there help somebody else we are all going to go through one thing or another the only way we're going to be ready for what's next is if we put on the whole armor of God and as long as we are there for one another you know, God left us with this church not only you know as this saving institute not only as the, the bride that he's coming back for Not only does he want us here to worship him in spirit and in truth, but we're here to admonish one another, to build one another up, to help each other as we're going through this struggle of life. The good times and the bad. You know, I enjoy uh, telling you all about the good times. I I enjoy, you know, everybody enjoys showing pictures of vacation, going on Facebook, all these lovely pictures. That's a great thing. That's awesome. But won't you share the the rough times, too, because somebody else is is struggling with whatever it is that you're going through that you think is unique to you. Somebody else is going through it. So are you ready for what's next? Are you ready for what's next? As I mentioned before, now, what's next for some Christians, what's next for some disciples? It's going to be a struggle. 
some of you are going to face tough times to come. And you say, well, man, that sounds pretty harsh. (laughs) That sounds pretty serious. Some of us are going to face times of death. Someone, some of us are going to lose loved ones. Some of us are not going to reach our goals in life. Some of us, school is about to start. Some of us are going to fail in school. Some of us are going to uh, have tragedies that happen. Something, But some of us, everything is going to work out. Some of us are going to have promotions on the job. Some of us, our kids are going to excel in sports and academics. Some of us, but it's life. And the thing is, we're not meant to go through life alone. We are all disciples of Christ. We are not alone. You are not alone. Are you ready for what's next? Are you ready for what's next? I hope and pray that all of us are. I hope and pray that all of us are truly disciples of Christ. I hope and pray that if you feel that you're not ready for that next storm in your life, I hope and pray that something will click within you to say, you know what, I need to study more. I I need to be more attentive. I I need to attend service more. I need to do better. I need to be more active in the church. I need to get myself together because I know that my storm is coming. I know that I need to prepare myself for what's next. So that's my message for you today. I I appreciate your time. I appreciate you staying awake. I know that it may have been a struggle. So that is, uh, as we stand, what is our song, uh, Hodori? Because he lives. Please stand.